Welcome to the Kicking It With Campus Life podcast. On this podcast, my co-host slash producer and I discuss topics like self-care, owning your own business as an artist, creating, and more with each other and some special guests. If this is your first time here, hey, my name is Shay and I'm a junior MBET and vocal performance major. And I'm Caitlin, the new student programming coordinator in the Office of Campus Life, where I help to plan orientation and host student programming. I'm Shay's co-host and the producer for the podcast. And as usual, Shay and I love to start off our podcast with a pick of the week. And Shay, do you want to go first? Yes, I would love to go first. So my pick of the week is a new Netflix film called Malcolm and Marie. I really resonated with this film, especially during a monologue that Malcolm did where he was talking about being a Black artist because he's a filmmaker and he felt like he had this battle between trying to remain true to his race and who he is and also trying not to consistently be grouped with this um, and having everything that he does have to be linked with being black and just yeah the heaviness of that I, I resonated with that a lot. Awesome I'm gonna have to watch that because I keep seeing it on my Netflix home screen. Well my pick of the week is actually somebody that's inspiring me. Her name is Tunde um, and she's a Peloton instructor actually and I took a class with her last night and I said this earlier but it felt like a five minute workout rather than a 20 minute workout because she was just so motivational and she was telling us her story as like the workout progressed and she was a celebrity makeup artist and then she lived in California now she lives in New York every ride she tells you like a little bit more about yourself so I'm really happy to riding with her but she also really inspired me because she just was so calm and cool and collected during a workout and I was like sweaty and like really over it by the end so yeah I was about to say that's the type of energy you need when you're doing a workout because the workouts I be doing they just be screaming at me and just be <laughs> dying but yeah I'm gonna have to look into her on today's episode of Kicking It With Campus Life, we are going to be discussing Amplifying Black Voices Beyond Black History Month. We are joined by Junior School of Music student Corey Seals. Corey, we'd love to hear your pick of the week. Um, my pick of the week is something that I've had for a long time. I'm still like kind of reading through it. It's a book called Love and Rage, The Path of Liberation Through Anger by Lama Rod Owens. Um, it's kind of a book just that uses um, some Dharma from Buddhism and also the experiences of like being black in America and kind of this idea of how to how to give your e emotions um, space to exist in their fullness and kind of uh, allow you to communicate your boundaries and your needs as a black person in America and also just to like uh, for like activism and like yourself in your community and it's just a really great book it's got a lot of great um different practices in it as well breathing and grounding and different things like that it's amazing yeah i'm definitely gonna get into that that sounds good all right so corey would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself who you are and also if you don't mind could you tell us what your word of the year is i'm corey i am 20 years old i am a black man um i'm from atlanta georgia 
currently like position titles. I'm president of African Diaspora Collective here at UArts, as well as being a diversity, equity, and inclusion fellow in the School of Music. I, I like to see myself as a community organizer. I like to make spaces for people, for Black people, for Black artists to to share ideas and to, you know, be with each other. I think my word of the year would be embrace because like, you know, there's idea of like sharing love, you know, like through like a hug and then also just like accepting things willingly. Just, I really like the idea of accepting like the fullness of something, whether it be like yourself or your situations going on and then really just like working to make the best of it. Yeah, I love that word of the year. Mine is fearless. So that kind of, I think, encompasses embrace in a lot because you have to embrace the unknown when you're being fearless. Shay, what's your word of the year? I don't think I have a word of the year, but I do have a phrase of the year. And my phrase for the year is raise the stakes. Nice. I like yeah. that. Challenging yourself a little bit there. Absolutely. Yes. All right, so Corey, since our topic of the day is amplifying Black voices, just to start, I wanted to ask you how you feel everyone, just anyone, can amplify Black voices. First and foremost, we live in a we live in a technological era, and so it costs nothing to like interact with people on social media. There are a lot of great resources that I see, you know, on Instagram, Twitter. There's Clubhouse now. There's like so many things going on, and like it really it really does cost nothing, like to like repost something. Like now, likes are not even the big thing anymore. Like I've heard, like it's now like bookmarking and like sharing things and commenting. Like it doesn't take more than like. 30 seconds for you to like comment on something or to repost something, you know, things like that. I have like a whole like organized Instagram, uh, like Instagram folders for like different things that I see like words or art and different things like that, that I even, you know, go back to reference for, you know, for like my meetings with ADC and things like that. And I just think that they're really, you know, they're very useful. And then also just, I think that it's okay to, to give space to, and I say that like meaning that, you know, because we're in an era where there are so many outlets for you to share your voice, sometimes it does get a little bit crowded. I think that one good way for allies specifically in, in terms of, you know, sharing uh, or, or amplifying Black voices is to, you know, allow allow space for for things, for reverb, you know, sometimes. Like, like everything doesn't necessarily have to be 100% co-opted. You know what I'm saying? Like it's okay to see something and go, yes, I agree with this and repost it and be done as opposed to like, you know, having to add extra, like, you know, to, you know, re-communicate the same opinion on some things. And also I think that another way is just to like, kind of going back to this word, like embrace just to exist in your fullness. Like when you, come as yourself like truthfully and openly like then it really just allows other people to do the same thing and allows people to like feel comfortable in sharing their voices like when you know when you come with like all these kind of like boundaries and stuff set up then like people are like oh well, I don't really feel comfortable and so I think that an, a good way to you know share other people's voices is to share your own with you know with openness Yes, that was so good. I'm glad you talked about a few different options instead of like just one way, because I know a lot of people struggle with feeling like activism looks like something in particular, and they don't feel like they fit into what that looks like. So since we're on the topic, I figured I'd ask you, what is activism to you? And what does it mean to you? Activism to me, like kind of just lies in like that, you know, that 
key like the key word like action so like you know doing something like towards like a goal of like some kind of socio-political change and even though i do you know i did like put emphasis on social media like it is not just posting you know what i'm saying like you know whether that be like educating yourself for the people around you challenging certain things going on in your community i think that it really just boils down to like what you said, like being able to really assess, like, what can I do as me that's comfortable for me in this situation that I can make change in my community? Because like, I personally, like, I feel like activism for me, because of like the positions that I hold, activism for me is, you know, trying to make change in, in the academic setting, just because those are the spaces that I'm in already. And I kind of get a little bit anxious when it comes to like, really big public settings and things like that, you know, where I kind of go into like a, a little, a little uh, closed off like bubble, not that I can't be in spaces, but like I, I tend to like be a little less social. And so sometimes going to like in-person like protests and demonstrations and things like that, I can go only go to so many of them and like my, my energy is kind of depleted and I feel like I can use my my energy better in other ways. So I think that exactly what you were saying, Shay, like I think that, you know, activism really is being able to see where you're at and what you can do in the situation. That's a great point, Corey. I think it's really important to know what type of activist you are and, you know, what you're capable of, because I had a lot of friends this summer who couldn't leave their house because of just medical conditions and they couldn't go to the protests and they were really like asking like what else can I do and they did a lot of stuff from home and they did a lot of important work. It turned into going forward with like voting registration activism too. I love that you made that point of like doing what is comfortable with you and figuring out what type of activist you are. Um, I'm glad we're talking about this right now. And I'm glad that you said um, you had friends who were kind of in a place where they weren't exactly sure what to do, because I know a lot of people were in that same space in the summer and are still in that same space. So I also wanted to ask, going back to, I know you talked about being an ally in your answer to the first question, Corey. So I wanted to ask, what does it mean to be a learning ally rather than someone who kind of comes in and takes the lead? Because I know a lot of times focus should be on amplifying Black voices, but people mean well, but they end up kind of taking too much of a lead role and getting to this kind of white savior complex realm. So yeah, I would love if you could speak to that. Yeah, I really think that sometimes it just boils down to being able to recognize your, you know, how much energy you're putting into a space, you know, like, I think that there are sometimes there are sometimes when you know, pe people get really passionate about an experience, which is completely normal. Like this is something that definitely is well deserved of passion. Sometimes it, it, it's definitely worth taking a step back and saying, Okay, well, how much am I inserting into this conversation with other people? And how much of my voice is being there in comparison to the other people around me, especially when it turn in terms of, you know, why allies or you know other people of color and talking about you know black liberation specifically or just any of those kinds of things just like making sure that you're you're not oversaturating a conversation i think that it's really important and then sometimes even asking like okay well like why like i have an opinion why am i why do i feel the need to say this you know not that your your opinion doesn't matter but just making sure that a it's not something that's already been said and b it's something that's going to be productive to continue a conversation and then also just like sometimes i feel like uh, as a learning ally you know like even myself i i still find myself being you know in the learning positions as well and so just like nobody has all the information 
I sure don't. I don't think anybody really does. And being kind of in the space of like, we're all learning together, I feel like really just allows people uh, allows people a little more like, you know, comfortability to be able to say that, okay, I don't know this. Like, can you help me? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that a lot of times when, you know, you really get into the, the, the heat of conversations, we might have an argument on something simply because I don't really know what you're talking about, but I'm too afraid to ask because I feel like I should know as, you know, Mr. Pro-Blackness. And it's like, okay, like, it's okay to stop and Google something too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody doesn't know any everything, but also you have the, we have abilities to learn things on our own as well. Like Google is free. There are a lot of resources out there for you to be able to inform yourself. I like the point of like saying, you know, I don't know. I love that you brought that up and going forward and doing that self-education. It just reminded me of Rachel Cargill's campaign during Black History Month going on where she posts a topic and encourages folks to do their own research about it for every day of the month about like what topics within that larger topic to dive into. And another point you brought up with not everyone knowing all of the answers it also being willing to learn too, but like not everyone knows everything. So just being willing to take a seat with when somebody can teach you something or when you can take a seat and blow out the phone or the computer. And I think that's super important and I'm glad you touched on that because I think just knowing that, well, Corey, I'm glad that you said you're also still learning because I know some people just look at you and they see all these positions you hold and they just see you as a person, your social media, and they're like, he just knows everything. Like, he's just like, if you need an answer, ask Corey. And it's like, yeah, you might be very well versed in stuff that's going on, but we all are learning that's just the reality of it nobody has all of the answers and I think that's a great way to just help people be more comfortable with being activists and being allies and I also wanted to talk about people who maybe aren't as well versed as you like we're all still learning but they're just starting to learn like they haven't had any experience maybe they grew up in a place where there was nobody that didn't look like them and they just haven't had any type of experience with activism or with protesting or being an ally and I just wanted to ask like what would you say to these people who tend to stay in the background and aren't really sure or might be intimidated by seeing so many people that do know what's going on what would you say to them I definitely think that it's okay to like you know be in the background for a certain amount of time like I think that that's okay like just to really like I think if it kind of you know how when you like move a fish from like uh, like uh, like either like moving a fish out of a fish tank to like clean the water, like a new fish into a tank, you kind of like keep it in the bag, but you like set it in the water. So it kind of gets accustomed to the temperature as opposed to just like throwing it directly into the water. I think that that's like kind of like a good example of just like, it's okay to like kind of feel, feel out of space and kind of grow accustomed to it before like hopping in. Like, I don't think that it's productive or that it's really even, truly possible for you to just like dive in head first and like be the grand champion of it all like I think that the best way the way that I kind of got into everything is just like it's just like following different people and like looking at their stories things that they're recommending things that they're talking about and if I don't know something then you know I'll look it up I have like a couple of good like recommendations for like places like there's a couple of pages like on Twitter that I really like uh Haymarket Books H-A-Y-M-A R-K-E-T, Haymarket. Um, no Name has a book club. There's um, Radical Theory 
on Instagram and Twitter, like those are all places that like that have like a lot of different like quotes and statements from a lot of good books and a lot of really amazing minds in terms of activism. And so I, I get a lot of like those ideas from places like that, then kind of going back and saying, okay, well, here's the information that I'm ingesting. Now, what do I, how do I feel about it? Like I do a lot of journaling and stuff like that, kind of just to to really start to formulate my own opinions. Because I mean, it's one thing to be able to regurgitate information. It's another thing to really be able to, to hear information and be able to act upon it. And so I think that like in the next step would really for me to be like, okay, well, I've heard this and I, I think this about it. Now, how can I apply it to my community? If I think that, you know, there are these kind of like, you know, Eurocentric or Afro-pessimist structures in society, how does that society apply to my house, my school, my family, my friends? What are uh, ways that that has infiltrated those places and how can I make changes to, to make them, you know, make that less permeating? Also, there's a really good article. It's an article or a journal called Beyond Humanism, but not without it. And it kind of just like talks about a lot of like, it's mostly around the scope of Blackness, but it starts off with like a pretty wide scope of just humanism and like radical theory in general as just like people like existing on the globe or whatever. And there are so many like books and articles and journals that the writer is Von Davian Wilson that he references. And like, I still haven't gotten through them all, but like there are so many great references and he kind of summarizes a lot of great theory that kind of open up a lot of these conversations that kind of give you like, you know, a synopsis on, <laughs> on radical theory and on, you know, being able to be like, kind of, I, I guess a little bit, you know, on the forefront of like this whole idea of like social justice in terms of political, social, even like in terms of like eco stuff as well. Thank you so much for sharing, Bori. That was wonderful. And I will definitely list everything in the show notes for folks. I really appreciate you listing not only like resources that might be people like people's accounts and everything, but also listing like articles and books in different places for people to um, go for themselves because I think it's so important to self-educate because I think a lot of times problems arise when people who want to be allies but aren't um, a part of the marginalized community that we're trying to be allies to when they want to be allies but they feel like they need to look to the people who are being marginalized for all of the answers. And if they're not being educated by those people who are being marginalized, they feel like they can't support. I would actually love if you could kind of talk about that. Like, what harm do you think comes from feeling like you always have to ask the, that marginalized community or that the marginalized community has to have all of the answers instead of just self-educating? I think that even, even just outside of like the activist lens, like I feel like kind of what you said just about like, you know, I do a lot of things on campus and like, I, you know, I tend to share my little pieces in class and stuff like that. And so like, um, you know, more often than not, like there's kind of like this, hey, well, you know, what'd you do on this homework or what was this homework assignment and different things like that. And it's like, geez, like, okay, well, you know, sometimes I don't have all, like, sometimes I didn't pay attention to class either. Or like, sometimes like, you know, um, <laughs> or like, I, we were both in the same class. Like we may, like we may have different experiences just because we come from different places in life, but like we both experienced the same class. So it's just like, and kind of going back to the actual question, like just because maybe you don't exist as a marginalized body 
in you know in the experience you still have some you still have an experience in it you have a you know a connection to it whether you see it or not like it still exists and that makes your your voice and your experience just just as valuable to the dialogue sometimes i think that sometimes people that may not necessarily exist as marginalized bodies do a little bit too much of self-policing on you know how much they interact with it like uh you know oh well this isn't you know you know I, I i'm not a black person so i feel like i can't talk on this issue well a part of it is blackness you know in uh in conversation with quote unquote whiteness so like you do have a like your experience is a part of this experience and i think that you know it kind of just goes into being able to sometimes it, it really does have to like being able to be uncomfortable in the space for some time like uncomfortability comes with any kind of growing pain and being able uh, i don't know being able to kind of put aside some of those like little some of that anxiousness to kind of move forward with things is important because the, the bottom line is that the reason why marginalized people have, I guess, so much of this information that you don't think that you have is because we've lived these experiences and these experiences have been uncomfortable. Sometimes like you do have to like put put aside the self and be able to just exist in uncomfortability, like to be able to exist in like, okay, well, I'm about to sit down and I'm going to learn this thing. And like, geez, this is like giving me so much stress. But like, imagine the stress of living it as opposed to just watching it, you know, on a computer screen or reading, you know, somebody's experiences. And then like, and it's not even the fact that there aren't like, maybe there aren't people that necessarily want to have a you know, a face-to-face -face conversation with you, but there are, you know, there are so many people out there that have already shared their experiences. Like, you know, like not that, you know, there are, there are people that already want to have these connections. You just have to find those people. And I think that asking is the first step for anybody, I think too, though, being able to say, well, Hey, uh, I want to have a conversation about this and, you know, you're close to me. And so I felt like it would be you know, it was my first idea to reach out to you. Are you comfortable with having this conversation and allowing them the space to say yes or no and, you know, not taking any kind of way? Because I think that also, like, if you ask people, like, in a way that, you know, really gives them agency on whether they really want to, you know, engage in the dialogue, more times than not, they're going to say yes. You just have to ask them in a way that gives them that space instead of, like, sending somebody a post and saying, oh, well, you know, I think blah, 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 or kind of projecting like the whole like white guilt thing where it's like, I'm so sorry, this and that and the other, like, it kind of makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Like you really do have to ask, hey, are you comfortable with having this conversation? And more times than not, you'll get, you'll get a positive answer. And if not, just move on. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I think honestly, to sum it all up, like you pretty much summed it up, like that's always the piece that's missing. Usually when people do end up getting upset and rightfully so, having to answer people or educate people is because they feel like those people might feel entitled to their education or that they feel like it's their responsibility to educate them. But when you do like leave that space, like I'm asking you, and if you say no, then you say no. That kind of makes it more of a thing where I'm genuinely trying to learn and I respect that you are going through a lot. And if you can't educate me, then thank you for being here. Okay. And bye. But um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not, not something that has to be a complete turn off to where 
I'll never be an activist again. I'm no longer an ally because somebody didn't want to help me. Yeah, like, definitely. Like be able to yeah. just keep going with it. Like this is not the like the final stop. And then blackness isn't a monolith either. Like some people literally like can't speak to certain things. Like there are certain like there will be conversations where people will be talking about kind of like colorism, and I'll be like, all right, let me take a step back because like me as a light skinned man, like even though I have experiences in this, I feel like there are other voices that could prove to have more insight than I could. Absolutely. And I think that's really what amplifying Black voices, but amplifying any voice is like you may have an experience and you do have a connection to it, like you talked about before, but you don't always have to take that lead role. You're comfortable with taking a step back and letting other people that might be able to speak to it better than you take that lead role. This is a good conversation. I'm learning a lot. I hope everybody listening is learning some stuff from this conversation. I did want to talk about since we know you are very active on campus, um, being a DEI fellow and taking like an active role in ADC. So earlier in the summer, well, summer of 2020, you definitely took like an active role, spearheading some emails and just getting things moving as far as holding people accountable. So I wanted to ask as a student or just as an individual in general, why do you think it's important to hold decision makers accountable? And what advice do you have for people who are seeking to do that at their schools or wherever they may be located? I think that it's important because like, some like most of the time most of the time not all the time i like to give people the benefit of the doubt because it's like especially when you're in a place of higher admin like you there are a lot of different people that you have to account for there are a lot of there are a lot of things you have to account for and when you have so many people that are like i guess underneath your authority quote unquote that sometimes you can get caught up in the numbers of it all and paperwork and different things like that. Some of the more, some of the more legal and like, you know, just the paperwork size of things. And sometimes like, you know, you can kind of forget that, okay, well, these people have experiences and, you know, these people like are only here for, are only here for, you know, the numbers, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that it's really important because of that very reason that, you know, just saying that like, hey, this is something that I'm, you know, this is an issue that I'm noticing. Maybe you haven't seen it, but this is something that I want to bring to your attention. And having that kind of, and having that kind of openness and being able to do it in a way that isn't like immediately uh, incendiary, I want to say, kind of allow some of that dialogue to happen in a way that, you know, it can really provide some like insight, like, oh, okay, I didn't realize this. Well, here's some ways that, you know, we can start this conversation. Here's some ways that we can get things moving. And I think that also it's just important because A, like, you know, we do pay money to be here. <laughs> so like of all importance, like I want to make sure that people feel comfortable, like that I feel comfortable in the space that I'm going into debt for probably a while, you know what I'm saying? Uh, going to debt for a good while, making sure that I'm comfortable while I'm here. And then also by communicating the things that you see, this, this is something my mom says all the time, by accommodating the most marginalized group in a community, you end up accommodating everybody. You know, when you share your experiences in being a marginalized person or, you know, having your experience shared, like it doesn't only help you in that situation because there are probably four, five, six you know, in, in the scope of a whole college, maybe 30 to 40 other people that are experiencing the exact same thing you're experiencing. And so by sharing your voice in those situations, you could be helping so many other people by helping yourself, like in that certain situation. And so it's just like, I, I, I think that really the biggest way to, to start the conversation is asking the question. Like there, you know, you can, 
you can do a lot of, you know, conversation between different people. But when you really do pose the question, then it kind of puts it all out. Every question has a 50-50 chance of a yes or a no. And you'll never really know if you can get that yes until you ask. And then if the answer is no, then we find steps around that. Okay, so why is it a no? How can how can we make this a yes? You know, what stands what stands in the way? Like what can we do to to figure it out? And I think that in those situations, then it's, you know, then we can move forward in assessing, okay, well, uh, who's for us or what, you know, what problems may stand, you know, in a system that we want that we want to kind of reform or whatever. And I think that it really just does like in I know that things things around, you know, being diversity, equity, and inclusion and things like that affect your, you know, your personal well-being. So I understand that things can get passionate. And so I think that like starting off a conversation kind of with, you know, a medium like on a, on a medium level does like help things go a little bit smoother because I also find sometimes that like, you know, if I come into a situation like with a certain energy that I may not, you know, find I may not find myself being accommodated as much as if I came in with, I guess, a little bit more of an irritable demeanor. But at the same time, it's like, you know, these things are definitely worth the passion. Like, it's very, like, I think that it's, it really does boil down to being able to convey your your experiences or your frustrations in a way that that is, that conveys it with love and enough convic- conviction for you to understand, for the person to understand what's going on, because your experience matters and it's definitely, and if it's bothering you, it's worth conveying. Yes, that is so good. And I think the last point that you made is why it's so important to have spaces like ADC and just spaces where, um, like Jerry says, brave spaces where people can really express that passion before they get to the point where they're organizing, because I know that even though we do have to organize and do things in a certain way to really get the point across, if we're going to be holding people who are, I guess, the powers that be accountable, it's still like you don't want to censor yourself all the time and feel like you can't express anything. I did want to ask, when you first got to UArts or first started kind of getting active in some of the things that you're active in now, how were you able to find people who had similar views or interests in things like this on campus? I think it really just boils down to just like being yourself, like going to things that you like going to. The more you do those things and you are yourself, you invite other people around you to like exist with you and like to exist exist beside you. I think that one thing that, you know, is a little easier said than done, but don't be afraid to compliment people. Like I'm one of those people like if I see somebody and they're saying something that I really feel or if they just look amazing that day or, you know, whatever, like I am not one to shy away from saying you look good, sis. Like what you said, like I really felt that. You know what I'm saying? And like sharing those experiences, like really kind of like opens you up to people and like kind of put yourself out there as well. Like for you to be able to, you know, share and relate with other people. Like, I think that this, you know, it's a great thing to do. And I know it sometimes it is like a little like weird and like scary at times being able to like share those things. It does create connections. And then it kind of makes people more comfortable to do it more in the future. Like when you like really like give people affirmations, you're like, yeah. And I think that's what I love about UART so much too, is because there are just so many people that are just doing their thing and like 
you know shining like while doing it and also like while it is good to to share the things that you do like sometimes it's good to have a little like friendly argument as well you know what i'm saying like because that's something that i do too where it's like i'll see something it's usually like on social media where i'll see like somebody like you know repost a thing and i'm like okay but then i see this like you know what do you think about this side of things not necessarily saying that you're wrong or blah 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 but like understand where you're coming from or i'm attempting to like can you share a little bit more about this is this is something that i'm seeing that i think kind of clashes uh this other view every good community needs a little bit of friction you know what i'm saying like because it's the friction that kind of like polishes things and allows you to be able to like to discuss things that frustrate you or things that you don't necessarily like, but being able to do it in a way that is articulated isn't necessarily like incendiary, like being able to say that I don't like this without saying I don't like this and I'm going to fight you about it. You know what I'm saying? I think that it's a great way to make connections, to be able to like have people to bounce things off of. I like that you use the term friendly argument because I think those are a lot more important than people think, especially when it comes to finding people or trying to find people in any space to have similar views. A lot of times I think people think all of the views have to be the same. And so I like that there can be like a little bit of push and pull. Like, okay, I don't necessarily believe that. And that's fine. We're still cool. So I'm glad you said that because it's like every everyone isn't aligned every second of everything and even though people are passionate about things it doesn't necessarily mean to completely abandon someone or stop being friends very much that yeah thank you for that so we talked about adc a little bit and we talked about you being a dei fellow but you are also an ra and i just kind of wanted to talk about like why do you think these roles are important to you just kind of be a little bit more personal and talk about Corey as a person so yeah why are each of your roles important to you Kind of like when I said in my intro, like, I like to, like, be, I guess, a community organizer. Like, I really like to find, like, find community spaces and being able to, like, you know, make connections. Because, I mean, you never know, you never know who who needs something in a space until, like, you kind of, like, reach out to people. And you never know what you're going to need later on in, in the grand scheme of things. Like, there are so many amazing connections that I've made through being an RA, through being a part of ADC, being a DEI fellow, even with Shay outside of, you know, outside of the UArts world with session number one, like there are so many amazing people that I've met. And it's like, if we didn't make these spaces, then people wouldn't have come together, or at least people wouldn't have come together at that very time. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to say that it wouldn't have happened without me, but like, I think that it's just amazing. You know, it's amazing to see what kind of energy can come from creating spaces and, you know, communing. Like, I think that like, that's the best way to really like, to like grow as, as people, as a community or whatever, even in terms of like activism, like the best way to move forward is to affect the people that are the, the closest to you, you know, when having those healthy arguments and things like that with people in your community is changing, you know, your area, you know what I'm saying? And they affect people and they affect people, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all like a big web of interconnectivity. And that's why I think that, like, I really love to be a, a facilitator of those spaces because like, just being able to not even things that I'm not necessarily connected to just to see how other people, you know, have, you know, benefited from it. Like I know that two of my room, uh, two of my residents uh, from being an RA are like best friends now and still are. And I'm like, Oh, I love that. You know what I'm saying? Or there are people that I've met through ADC 
and like now um like micah who is a, a senior dance major and they kind of do these little like dances and like social nights every once in a while you know they might happen every week or every you know going to these social nights now like it's so fun like I really look forward to them I'm like oh my god I love this like I love being able to have more spaces to like kind of just like be free and like wiggle and talk to other people and I look forward to to finding like little things that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't talked to this one person I think that that's like the beauty in like in having community this definitely ties into last week because we were just talking about in our um, last recording about networking and building a network even through being online. So I'm glad you touched on that as well. And I'm glad you talked about like feeling good about having that sense of community and how good it makes you feel because I know we've been I know we've been kind of talking about some heavy topics today that can really weigh on a person. I wanted to ask you, how do you practice self-care and why do you think it's important to take care of yourself and say no to things especially when you're dealing with things like the events that have gone on even just in this year and in 2020 and life in general ciao <laughs> that's something that i'm still trying to to figure out i think that i'm trying to you know taking it step by step trying to be better every day one thing that i really do is like this is a practice that i started this year specifically trying to you know get better at making sure that i'm not spreading myself too thin is to kind of really write out everything that i'm doing because it's so it's so easy to say that you know wow, like this thing is really interesting. And this thing is really, I like, I'm a person that like, I have a very curious and excited mind. So like when I see something and I really love the message and I think that I can add something to it, I'm like all for it. Like, let's hop on the ship. Let's go right now. But then two days later, I'm like, whoa, I said yes to like 30 things. Like, and now I've got way too much on my plate. And it's not that I'm not excited about these things. I don't love them. I can only put so much of myself into 24 hours, not including the eight hours that I should be getting of sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, one thing that I really tried to do this semester specifically is just writing down all of the different projects that I'm in, where they're at, you know, what are my deadlines? Like I've got calendar I'm looking at in multiple places. I've got a physical whiteboard. I've got my phone on Google Calendar. Google Calendar is always pulled up on my computer. Like there are just things like that where I'm actively looking at my schedule every day and making sure that I have at least three hours of personal time where it's like, okay, you know, whether that personal time means doing homework or it means reading, if it means doing personal research and things like that, I always try to make sure that I at least leave three hours in my day for myself. And saying no is hard. It really is. And I think that I've really had to convince myself that saying no doesn't doesn't mean that I don't like something. Saying no is being able to really be honest with myself and saying that I only have this much energy and me saying yes would not give you would not be giving you and your project the justice and the the effort that it needs in getting the work done. Because when you spread yourself so thin, something is going to fall off or something isn't going to, you know, be 100%. And you don't want to give that kind of negative commentation of yourself that you can't, that you aren't giving 100% because people aren't seeing 
the 11 other things that you've got going on today. They're seeing what you brought to the table for this one, two hours or this assignment that you had to complete. Really being able to be honest with yourself, like, can I give this my fullness? And if I can't, then maybe I shouldn't, or maybe I can even like reassess, well, I can't help you in this way but I can provide these resources. Or if you ever need me to like answer a couple of questions for, you know, one or two hours, and then let's do that instead of making a hard set commit. You know, there are ways around it if you are like truly interested in something, but there's something that I've really tried to, to learn. And also you can't do anything alone or you can't do everything alone. I've really had to be honest with myself and say that I'm, a, I'm kind of an independent person. I like to do things in a specific kind of way but at the same time, when I do that with everything, then it, you know, it creates a lot of fatigue and it's okay to say that you need help in something and that everything doesn't have to be perfect. Like you don't have to be an expert in everything and not being an expert in everything doesn't mean that you're terrible at it either. And being terrible is okay too. Like I suck at piano and that's something that I know about myself. And so I've really had to like set aside time to be like, hey, I need a tutor for this thing, help me. <laughs> Even with ADC, like first semester, I was pretty much kind of running it by myself. I didn't have any officers just because of different circumstances with other people and, you know, people graduated and then the, the upon the replay happened. So it was just like, <laughs> it was a lot of, it was a lot of stress and like saying, hey, I need help was kind of hard for me. But now I've got officers that are here to help me and it's made everything so much smoother this semester and like you can literally even see it just like manifesting in the Instagram page like it looks so much better <laughs> you know what I'm saying so being able to like assess how much you're doing being able to say no and being able to ask for help I hope everyone took notes during that part I hope you took notes during the whole episode but also just like continuing on from last episode I think that was just great advice and a different perspective outside of Shay and myself I do want to give you a shout out because you're working on a really important program with our chapter of the NAACP and Campus Life so do you want to talk about that for a second let everyone know what's going to be happening at the end of February on February 26th, we're having a Black Excellence Showcase at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. And it's really just going to be a showcase of all of the amazing artists that we have on campus that's performing and non-performing. I know that sometimes it can be a little bit daunting for some of our non-performing artists to like find a way to, uh, to share their work as well. And we are really trying to emphasize that and make sure that there's space for you guys as well because amazing and we want to see all of your work so make sure that you're checking your emails for information on that including the zoom links and everything and tune in february 26 6 30 eastern standard time thanks so much Corey. i appreciate you sharing that with us but where can people find you on social media you can follow me on instagram and twitter and clubhouse that's a new thing it's pretty fun underscore CMOSIS at all of those, so underscore C-M-O-S-I-S. -S. Um, Twitter, you know, Twitter's a fun place. It's a lot of, a lot of everything. You know, if you don't like my Twitter, that's okay. But I do have a lot, I post a lot more resources on my Instagram and Clubhouse is becoming like amazing, the amazing thing that I'm like doing because I don't have to like twiddle with my thumbs. I can just talk on like a, you know, on a microphone. I think it's a really cool space that a lot of people I really would recommend people get into. There's a lot of great conversations on there as well. So yeah, follow me underscore CMOSIS. 
Well, Corey, thank you so much for joining us. It was so great to talk with you and hear your thoughts about amplifying Black voices. We really appreciate you coming through and dropping some gems. Everyone, be sure to follow Corey on the socials that he talked about just a minute ago. And also follow ADC at ADCUarts on Instagram. They have a really nice page and I've really been loving some of their recent posts. So make sure you check that out. Also, we're looking forward to this Black Excellence Showcase. Um, You should have gotten an email from Campus Life about it, but there will be more emails. So make sure you stay on the lookout for that. That's going to be it from me. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Kicking It with Campus Life. And we hope you come back and kick it with us next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.